Hey, hey D&D fam. fam. I'm Quick. And I'm Lee. And you're listening to Divas, Divas and Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep. But to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for ducats, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Ducats is for entertainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 <laughs> or 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinions, y'all. Okay, Divas, let's talk Ducats. Hey, Lee, how are you? I can't complain quick. Welcome back. Yes, yes. Can you believe we are already in September? Yes. So, <laughs> welcome back, divas and devos. We're excited to have you here. Today on our Diva Docket, we are doing part two of our Leaving a Legacy series. Mm-hmm. And we are concentrating today on insurance, life insurance specifically, mm-hmm. and just another one of those things that many times we don't think about until it's too late um, leaving people in a bind and uh, we have as usual a subject matter expert to discuss things with you but first we have our small business slash individual highlight where we connect you all to people in case you're interested in their services or interested in supporting or learning more and we give them their flowers because they're doing big things and that segment is known as Boss Boss Bay. Bay And this episode, we wanted to highlight Keisha Howell. Keisha is an unapologetic black woman with an eye for design and curation. All right. A native North Carolinian living in Harlem, she firmly believes that we are not meant to be one thing. She is a teacher, educator, doctoral student, interior decorator, and community curator, because she's busy. Mm -hmm. She owns and operates Bold Hues, an interior decorating, event planning, and community curating company. Her most recent venture is the Harambe Collective, a membership-based community exclusively curated for women of color uh, positions that positions women of color to practice in the Kenyan concept of Harambe. The word Harambe means let's pull together. So in this collective, women of color pull together their knowledge and resources in the form of blogs, webinars, community offerings, and retreats to ensure that the women of the community are put on. All right? (laughs) Keisha is also the co-founder of Creating Magic, a digital learning space for BIPOC girls. In this digital learning space, BIPOC girls age 5 to 11 explore their passions, connect with older BIPOC women, and take up different passion projects. The upliftment of women of color is a central tenet of every venture, collaboration, and project that Keisha takes up. Her life's work is to create the conditions where women of color flourish. You can find her on social media. Her Instagram is boldhues, that is B-O-L-D. Hughes is H-U-E-S. Her email is boldhughesdesigns at gmail.com her websites are boldhughesinspired.com and the harambe collective.com and harambe is h-a-r-a-m-b-e-e so miss keisha we say hey, hey bae We'll have to get some more information on that bypass because I know a lot of mentor organizations, they usually don't take children as young as five years old. So that she has one that's five to 11 is really, really interesting and impressive, actually. So um, I'm, you know, I'm Googling. So <laughs> BIPOC is, so it's B I P O C. Mm-hmm. The acronym stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Okay. Learn something. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she did give y'all the information. Of course, we'll have it in our show notes and we will also have it on our social media pages. So, Today, let's get into it. Like she said, we have a subject matter expert on, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do a brief introduction of her. We have Miss Emma Allen of State Farm. All right. She is the agent and owner of State Farm and has been since 2012, Mm -hmm. Um, and she does all things dealing with insurance. And while we do have insurance, we do not know the in-depth things about insurance, so Mm -hmm. we wanted to bring on a subject matter expert. Um, Emma has won several 
awards. Her most recent award was from the Black Political Caucus, where she was named Woman of the Year this year. Yes. Um, she is also a part of the Chairman's Circle, and that is because she is top 1% of agents within the insurance industry. Look at her being a 1%. Okay. So <laughs> that is well, well, well earned. She also won the Woman's Leader Award in 2019, and she also sits on the board of Mechanics and Farmers Bank and has been doing that um, for for a number of years. She also sits, has sat on the board of Mel's Place is also another vent- mentoring um, adventure. So we want to say welcome, 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 Miss yes. Allen. How Hi. are you? Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Yeah, so you were telling us earlier offline, you know, about this being Life Insurance Awareness Month and how mm-hmm. timely this conversation is. Yes. So that was yes. definitely something that we didn't know. So, you know, kind of speak to that a little bit. So Life Insurance Awareness Month, you know, it's one month a year where um, the country really so celebrates the value of life insurance. You know, it's unfortunate that we're doing it just one month mm-hmm. out of the year because we all mm-hmm. know just how important life insurance is to our families, not right. only currently, but to our family legacy. Yeah. You know, I've been at this thing now, I think you mentioned it, 30 years. And I'll tell you, <laughs> the reason that I started on this journey is because in my small town of Laurenburg, North Carolina, the insurance man would come by every week and collect 5 or $10 you wow. know, for life insurance policies for years, you know, sometimes for 40 years from my relatives. And then when they passed away, they may have had $5,000, not nearly enough to bury them. Mm. And so I vowed when I went to college that I was going to do th- all things finance mm-hmm. and specifically life insurance. And so for the 30 years that I've been in this business, I've really been focused on educating our communities, all communities, but specifically our communities, to be sure that we had the knowledge that we needed to do the things that we needed to do for ourselves and for our families. So important. That is awesome and yeah that background is really interesting because we don't even think about that you know how mm-hmm. people used to do that door-to-door sales which is you know kind of yeah not now unless they're trying to sell you a roof but <laughs> yeah that's really interesting because i didn't know that that's how insurance worked um mm-hmm. you know back 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 then so yeah for so they would you know like you said they would come and get those small increments of dollars but still when they they died they still didn't have enough to bury them so it still left that family um in a different type of way so what insurance as far as like what you do with your agency what what focuses do you do with insurance you know it's it's i tell people all the time because we get people who call our office and say oh you know i want a quick fix just sell me something (laughs) Um, and that's just not how we do business right so it'd be pretty easy for me to slap a term policy on you and say hey buy this this is the right thing for you Mm -hmm. what we really encourage is intense one-on-ones with people you tell me what you want to protect and how you want to protect it and what your budget is and that is what we will we will tailor a solution to you right okay. so for example there might be somebody who is single and doesn't have very much debt they may not need as much insurance coverage as somebody who is a growing family with small kids right. mm-hmm. and so we sit down with people and really kind of dig in to what people actually need on the flip side of that, I do have some of my banker friends, because I've been a banker in this town for a really, really long time, mm-hmm. who come to me and tell me, oh, you know, I know what I need. And what I say to them is, you do what you do every day, and if you'll allow me to do what <laughs> I've been doing for 30 years and do it every day, I think we'll find a better solution for you. Right. You know, I equate it to being a physician. Mm-hmm. When I get sick, I try not to treat myself. Right. <laughs> um, I really got to go to the experts. And I encourage us in our communities to do the same thing. Yeah. Because who often we listen to people, frankly, who don't know mm-hmm. they mean well, mm-hmm. but don't have the knowledge that it requires to take us to the next level. Right, right. And so you mentioned something about just people not having adequate um, coverage, just, you know, just background aspects. So, like, what factors, I know they sit down with you, of course, and custom um, tailor that, but what factors do you think people should consider to determine if they have enough or what are some of those things that you notice kind of makes the difference well a a number of things so for example the thing that i think about you know i don't mind telling people that i'm 59 years old and so for me 
I have worked so hard enough that I don't have a whole lot of debt. Mm-hmm. But early on, I needed more coverage because I had small children. My husband and I had small children. Mm-hmm. We had a big mortgage. We had lots of credit cards. We had those cars, right? Mm-hmm. So if I left and my income was gone or if he left and his income were gone, then I'd have to think about what would I want to leave so that my family did not have to put a for sale sign on yeah, their house, right. so that they did not have to change their quality of education. My legacy gift to them was that they could continue on with that same lifestyle that we had been living during the time that I was here, during the time that he was here. And so that's what I talk to people about. Let's talk about kind of what your debts are. You know, this is the doctor's office, and so you're never going to hear this again. I pride myself on saying, you know, I couldn't be here 30 years if I told people's business because I've seen a lot of <laughs> naked insurance butts right. Um, right. In, in, my, in my 30 years of kind of getting this done. And so it's strictly confidential. Mm-hmm. It's a place for people to kind of lay all that they have out there and for us to work as a team to get to the solution that they want. And so as you have larger debt, mm-hmm. as you have smaller families, as you have kids who you want to send to college, that really helps us build a plan for you. And then we back into what's needed and fit it in your budget. Mm-hmm. Part of the fear that I think people have is, oh, if I go over there, they're going to spend money that I don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm barely making it as it is. I don't have money for that kind of planning. I'll do it when I get there. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is none of us ever gets to the point where we're ready to do it. Yeah. So what I say to people is, let's do it. We have a plan now that we're building and that's fluid for us. Let's do a little bit at the time because here's what's important. Insurance doesn't matter if you don't keep it, if you mm-hmm. let it last, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get what you need and let's add on. The earlier we start, the better, mm. because we know that the younger we are when we start to go down this life insurance path, the cheaper it is. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people all the time, if I can't find a way for you to fit some of this legacy coverage in your budget, then I'll give you some money, right? Mm-hmm. Because we all have what I call quote unquote waste in our budgets. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. We just have to figure out what's important to us, what makes a difference to us, what's what matters. Yeah, that's that's definitely good. And you was talking about speaking of a, a policy lapsing. Can you kind of expound to that? Like, what does that mean and how sure. um, can you prevent it? Yeah, so sure. So if you're making your premiums a month, if it's $15 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you don't make payments, so you make a payment January, February, March, April, May, June, you aren't able or you don't make payments for some reason, then what will happen is that policy will start to go into the cash value that you've accumulated, assuming that it's a cash value policy. Mm-hmm. Once that cash value is, it has evaporated, the policy doesn't have anything to feed on. It doesn't have anything to live on, and it will disappear. It will go away. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we do in our agency, because things happen that's happened to people in my family, is... I am acutely aware of every single life insurance policy that we have in my agency. Hmm. When they start to go south, I pick up the phone Mm. and call the client and say, hey, let's talk about what we're doing. And they may say, "Um, I've lost my job. We've had a lot of these COVID conversations. So I say, you know, let's do this. Let's figure out what we can do to kind of give you some relief. Maybe we go into the cash value and we lower the death benefit so that we can keep this going until you get back on your feet. That's critically important. And that's why it's important to find the right person. So I often talk to people and they're like, well, you know, I'm going to get life insurance for my nephew because he's just getting in the business. Is that what you want to do? Lots <laughs> of Girl Scout cookies from that boy. <laughs> but do not, do not trust him with your life insurance. Why? He doesn't know what he's doing. Right? right. Yeah. And so that's what a lot of these companies will do. They will hire young people because they know that they're going to quote unquote prey on their families, right? To support them. Mm-hmm. That is not how you want to support them with the most important legacy thing that you are going to have, you know, to offer for your family. You want to support them in another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I know, you know, you mentioned cash value mm-hmm. and things like that. So we just, for those who don't know, like what are some of the, at the base, the, the types of insurance? So, you know, you hear whole life term life what are those types i'm sorry there are two basic types of policies Mm -hmm. one is a term policy and one is a whole life policy a term policy is a temporary solution right so it might cover you for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years or 30 years it's a temporary solution there's value in that Mm -hmm. a whole life policy is a permanent solution right till we know what is a permanent problem 
Mm -hmm. right? So there are people who go, oh, don't buy term or don't buy home. Our strategy in our office is there is a place for both congruently. Mm -hmm. So when I was growing my young family, we need a higher coverage. Why? We had a big mortgage. We had house. We had lots of credit cards. We had these kids that we wanted to send off to college, you know, who were little kids. Right. And so we needed a larger amount. We couldn't afford that from a whole life perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we got that coverage for 30 years while we had, were in that season of our life for an inexpensive amount. We also, though, bought a small whole life policy at the same time. Why? Because 30 years ago, when we were younger, that was the time to get some cheap permanent coverage. Mm. Now, we've added more permanent coverage as we've lowered our term to balance the budget. But I happen to think there's a place for both. There's a place for term life insurance because it tends to be a whole lot less expensive Mm -hmm. while you've got those higher debt items. But as you transition out of that, there's a place for whole life insurance Mm -hmm. for lots of reasons. It's a retirement supplement. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in my case, um, we may or may not know that if you wait to take your Social Security later rather than early, and most people in our community don't do it, right. you can get almost twice as much as if you take it as soon as you're eligible. Well, then people say, well, I need that money now as soon as I'm eligible. Mm-hmm. But if you have a life insurance policy, you can draw down some of that cash, which is what I intend to do, and make it act like a Social Security check. People aren't talking about this, but I'm telling you it's a brilliant strategy. Hmm. So you start to draw down off your life insurance policy while you're still alive, make it act like Social Security until you are eligible for the maximum Social Security amount. Uh, you heard it here first on Davis right. and Duckets. I mean, if, <laughs> if you think about the fact that we're living longer, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So we're likely now to live to 90 years old. Mm. You reach maximum Social Security age at 70. Right. Wouldn't you want to have that twice as much for 20 more years? Yeah. Yeah. Just by planning right now around a life insurance strategy. I know. (laughs) And so you talk, because I think sometimes it's like really confusing to think about whole life um, insurance as an investment. Like you talked about um, with your clients calling in saying that they, you know, you would call them personally if you saw that their policy was getting ready to lapse and changing things within the policy um, with the benefits. Uh, I think you said the benefits, the policy on that, mm-hmm. um, talking about the cash value, how you're saying you could take away from a whole life policy. So I think a lot of people don't understand like the the money that's inside of a whole life policy, how it's different from a term life and how you can use it to fund things. So can you kind of speak to that on a as basic as you can, like that, that <laughs> sure, level of yeah, yeah. help. Yeah. And, and thank you for keeping me in check there. I mean, I could do this all day long because I was born to do it. Honestly, right. somebody asked me, you know, why are you doing this? It was what I was born to do, right? Right. Mm-hmm. To, to provide this education in our communities mm-hmm. because of my personal experience. Yeah. And so you can think about it this way. A term life insurance policy is like your auto insurance. Okay. okay. If you die during the term, we're going to pay your family out. If you have an accident during the term of your auto insurance policy, we're going to pay to take care of your car. Mm -hmm. If you don't die during that term, whether it's 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, we don't pay you anything. If you don't have an accident during your policy period, we don't pay you anything. Mm -hmm. Does that help? It does. The flip side of that is I bought, what's a, a relatively new product now. People say that they have it, but they don't. (laughs) Um, it's called a 10-year whole life policy or a 15-year whole life policy or a 20-year whole life policy here's what's different about it so I bought one at my old age of 57 years old and so for me it was super expensive Mm -hmm. at 57 years old but here's what's beautiful about it and I show people this I have it on my desk um I have put $30,000 in that policy. It's painful, painful, right? (laughs) Um, It's a very large policy. But I just opened my statement, and I have $47,000 in cash in that policy. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. And I'm three years in. I have seven years to go. And get this, after that, I never have to pay for the policy again. I'm finished paying for it. But it continues to grow for the rest of my lifetime. Mm. it's the best thing on the market right now and people aren't talking about it specifically in our community so again 
I pay for the policy for 10 years. It gets all this cash inside of it while I'm paying for it. Mm -hmm. After 10 years, I never have to pay for it again, but it lasts my entire lifetime. Hmm. And so why are you saying that and using that as a a retirement supplement? Does that whole life policy, does it still retain its, I guess, death benefit while you're doing that? Yeah, so the death benefit continues to grow, Mm -hmm. and the cash inside of it continues to grow. So when I get to be 62 and a half, and I start to pull this money down off this policy, making Mm -hmm. it act like a Social Security check, I am taking the cash out of it, and all people have to do, they can, you know, set it automatically. Most of my customers, they like to come see us, they're like, can you write me a check on my life (laughs) policy? And I'm like, that's what it's it's for, whatever you want to use it for. But the death benefit is still there. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So are are you penalized, like, with insurance, I mean, with interest or anything when you start pulling money out of your whole life policies? So here's what happens. Um, As you're taking money down, all of a sudden the interest is compounded on a lower balance, right? But we plan for that, Mm -hmm. right? So as if I never took anything out, it would be interest would be growing on a larger balance. Mm -hmm. But as I'm starting to pull it down, it's really inconsequential, Mm -hmm. and we're planning for that over time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And so here's the thing that I've also done um, is not only did I buy one for me at 57, um, but I also bought one for my grand, each of my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Why? A whole lot less expensive for them. Mm-hmm. As their grandma, mm-hmm. I'm going to pay for this thing for 10 years, and then when I am ready, I will hand them over a fully paid up life policy with cash value to it. Mm-hmm. What a gift that is. They can use it for college if they want to. They can use it for their first down payment. And they still have a death benefit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for for clarification, if you draw, like like you said, they used it for college and they drew out the entire amount of whatever you invested in, and you're saying that the death benefit is still there. So it could be empty, but there's still a death benefit attached to it. That's right. That's exactly right. Gotcha. Okay. I see the wheel spinning. It, it did. It cleared up. <laughs> it, that moment cleared up a lot of things for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think, and I think you've clarified as simply as possible, mm-hmm. which we we appreciate, because a lot of times it's hard to understand insurance as an investment. Right. Um, for future generations. It's like people understand the death benefit part in terms of, okay, someone passes away and you get money, Mm -hmm. but they don't really understand like living on it or it being supplemental Mm -hmm. to your income. So that's really great. It it really is. Mm -hmm. It's really a great benefit. I mean, we have lots of myths in our community and it's like, oh, if I buy life insurance, I'm probably going to die tomorrow, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that 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 mythology, honestly, is a way to kind of keep us uninformed Mm -hmm. because the truth is other communities understand this very very well Mm -hmm. and it's how their generations get a leg up not Mm -hmm. necessarily by something they have built themselves but by leaving Mm -hmm. lots of money from a life insurance perspective i don't know any other better way honestly than life insurance to pass wealth in our community or frankly any community Mm -hmm. if you think about it this way you escape probate with a life insurance policy mm. it's tax-free money that we're passing on to our generations it's also money that while we're living we can use as a retirement supplement i mean it's just i think that we really aren't paying enough attention to this life insurance right. piece of it as a wealth building strategy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's also super affordable people think oh i can't afford mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. i will find a way for you to afford it in your budget yeah i love that yeah and you mentioned so you mentioned that you can escape probate which is you know we spoke last episode with Mm -hmm. a uh, wills attorney and he was just talking about the process and how it can take longer for some Mm -hmm. so with you know insurance or i guess if um obviously inevitably someone passes away is it a situation where you just present a death certificate or is that like a is that a cumbersome process for the beneficiaries it isn't. You, you bring us a death certificate and we pay out the policy. Wow. It's that simple because if you think about it this way, life insurance is paid with after-tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, you know, we don't, we don't have a tax consequence in that way and it really escapes probate. The other thing is, you know, the final expense policy, which is a $10,000 policy that you can get at State Farm, it pays out in seven days. Mm-hmm. And so we insure lots and lots of funeral homes in our firm 
And right now, unlike in times past, they are not just burying somebody and saying, oh, the insurance money is coming. Why? Because they've got file cabinets and file cabinets and file cabinets full of <laughs> promises of to pay when the insurance money was is going to come mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so now if you don't have your insurance policy liquidated you your loved one waits until it is liquidated mm-hmm. they aren't doing that quote unquote on credit anymore because of the experiences that they've had mm-hmm. so the final expense policy you do have to be 50 years it's super inexpensive mine you know i told you how old it was mine's 37 bucks a month, right? It's a $10,000 policy that's going to pay out very quickly so that my kids don't have to worry about, you know, having me in somebody's freezer for months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's a morbid image. Huh? It was a morbid image. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want them to have that, right? right? I want them to get on with it. Right. <laughs> um, and then take the extra money and, you know, go on living their lives in a way that I hope that they will, you know, that I'll be proud of. But mm-hmm. um, at least they'll have that piece of it behind them. It's a very traumatic time. Yeah. You don't want Absolutely. to do is be having a bake sale mm-hmm. or a GoFundMe yeah. or any of those kinds of things to bury their mom. I mm-hmm. owe them more than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, that uh, brought up an interesting point where you're talking about um, the funeral homes and how they're processing things now. Um, and it kind of brings me to like who you can have on a as a beneficiary on a policy. Can you have a funeral home as a beneficiary so they're paid directly? You absolutely can. You can assign your policy to the funeral home if you wish to do that. So, you know, really, you can you can let anybody be your beneficiary. So mm-hmm. I tell, laugh at my customers all the time. I'm like, in case you want to put me down, you know, <laughs> they're like, yeah, okay. Um, so you can put anybody that you want down. You can put a trust down. You can put a funeral home down. You can put your church down. You can split it up and have mm-hmm. a number of beneficiaries. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not permanent. You can change it at any time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so you spoke about a trust. So also with with the minor child, you cannot leave them as a beneficiary. It has to be a trust with the minor child in it, or can you leave a minor child as a beneficiary? Well, on, on my minor children, I have assigned a trust um, as the beneficiary, and they become when they become of age and mm-hmm. I decide what of age is, mm-hmm. it transfers to them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, when my parents were alive, they were the beneficiaries, you know, after they passed away, um, we turned it over to the trust after they became of age. And I decide what that is. I've turned those policies over to them and to their families to manage. Yeah. And how often, just in your professional opinion, how often should people consider or kind of review their policies to update them? Is it around life events? I would love for my customers to do it every single year. Okay. (laughs) And so we call them every year on the anniversary date to come in for a review. Why? Your kids are older. Your debt situation may have changed. Mm -hmm. You may have more income. You may have a different beneficiary. We need to be looking at it. I'll be honest, about 50% of the people decide to do that review. Mm. Yeah. And here's something, you know, that I want people to think about. You know, I talk to a lot of people who have, you know, highly professional jobs who say, oh, I have life insurance at work. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Well, that's fine, but most life insurance that you have at work, you know, I've had a long corporate career, (laughs) is not portable. You don't want to work for a company for 10 years or 50 years or 30 years and then find out when you leave that now you've got to get life insurance at an older age. That's a good point. You always want to have some life insurance that you're in charge of and that you're in control of and get it as early as possible in addition to what you have at work. Right. Mm -hmm. That is a very, very good point, especially now because people aren't staying at jobs 20 and 30 years, you know. So Mm -hmm. that's a wonderful point. Yeah, they usually aren't portable. And you have to recertify like every year. Mm -hmm. I think every time you go do your benefits you have to say do you still right that's true that's true Mm -hmm. that's right um and so you were also talking about like you have it on your grandchildren you have it on your children you have it on your husband who can you have a policy on because you know we love to talk about somebody took out a policy on right (laughs) because like when you were talking about like um people not wanting to get insurance because they feel like they're going to die tomorrow they also have the feeling like oh if i get insurance policy somebody's gonna knock me off right like "Mm, i don't think that's generally how that works but well you know since it's just family talking (laughs) so in my family a lot of folks, you know, think that I'm Oprah. They're mistaken about that. Um, and so when somebody dies, they're looking for me to write that check. Uh. And so, I mean, this has happened really kind of over the years. They're like, well, ask Emma, you know, ask Emma. And they don't realize, you know, I don't have an endless checkbook either. And so what I've said is, I'll tell you what, 
let me take some life insurance policies out on them that I own mm-hmm. and that I will pay for. Um, and they have to agree to it, right? Because okay. you need their personal okay. information. Okay. You need their social security number. You need their birth. You need those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so I have had life, lots of life insurance policies on my relatives that I've had to frankly execute on. Mm. Had I not had those, I would have had to be prepared not have to, but you understand, right. yeah. um, to, to write that check, which I wasn't willing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's one super impressive to even think about that. Right. Um, but again, like you said, when you, you were kind of thinking about it because people kind of came to you with a handout. You're like, oh, no, nah, I can fix this problem. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, unlike you guys, probably, I do have some folks in my family who live in that life. You know, and, um, <laughs> you know, come home. Um, and then they're going to be looking for me to kind of give them this fabulous funeral with a gold right, casket. Right. But, you know, nobody's going to have any check in the except for me. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a nickel in that quarter. So, yeah, that's so, right. that's, that's, so you do have to, like, for clarity, you can get in a policy on anybody you want, but they have to agree to it and give you personal information so you can take care of that policy. Right. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Right. Let's go ahead and clear up that mistake. Right, right. <laughs> we think you can take our and policies you know, on. At least in my family, when I was able to have a conversation mm-hmm. with folks, mm-hmm. they got it. Okay. Yeah. You know, a number of them would say, well, I don't care. Just leave me on the side of the road. And I would say, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Not leave me on the side of the road. <laughs> I'm just worried about your Aunt Rachel. Right? <laughs> Who's going to be sad when you're on the side of the right. road? Right. And then blame it. Emma for leaving her there. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then, then, you know, they get it. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I wonder about because I probably watch too much ID TV and, you know, people do things for their insurance policies. Mm-hmm. But are all, in general, are all deaths investigated prior to issuing death benefits or is it just when something seems suspicious? Amiss, right. Yeah. Because you did mention that you would just have to bring in a death certificate. So. Yeah. yeah. Most most of them are not. Okay. Right? So um, if... If there's a homicide, it's a clear homicide. The person mm-hmm. died. We're not going to judge how the person died, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's really going to... I'll give you this example. Um, we wrote a policy on someone um, 10 days ago, mm-hmm. and they are collecting on it today. Mm-hmm. But they answered the health questions negatively. Mm-hmm. That That's going to be investigated. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is, right? So you so you understand why. Right. Yeah. Um, having said that, I also wrote a policy on somebody to the day, two years ago, um, and I just handed her family a check today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we probably understand those things that mm-hmm. would be suspicious, and mm-hmm. what's suspicious is if we suspect that you knew something was wrong with that person, mm-hmm. Um or the beneficiary, you know, was killer for hire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're probably not going to get that money. But 97% of these policies, we, we pay them out. Yeah. And so you're right about those those murder mystery shows. Uh-huh. They make it seem like that's the majority. Tim Norman. Um, I watch a lot of those too. Right. Well, but, but most of those are, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Okay, good to know. And so are there other, you know, types of insurance that people should consider or maybe benefits to um, things like, as I don't know, such as long-term care or even universal, or can you kind of speak to that? So sure. So the basic ones are term life insurance and whole life mm-hmm. insurance of some type, mm-hmm. either a whole life policy that you only pay for a limited period of time. I'm high on those. I think you can tell that. Mm-hmm. Or a whole life policy that you pay for your entire lifetime. Those have their place, too. There's also such a thing called a return of premium policy. This is a term policy that if you don't die in the term, we give you all your money back. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty pretty impressive, right? So right. if you have a 30-year term and you don't die in that 30 years, it's kind of a savings vehicle because at the end of that, we give you all your money back. Mm-hmm. It's a forced way for you to save, but provide some death coverage for your family in the event that something happens to you during that time. So I'm also high on that policy for mm-hmm. folks. The other awesome. thing that I'm right. super high on is our universal life policy with 
a long-term care writer. Okay. okay. So I have one of those. So I don't tell people anything that I don't have, quite honestly, because you can tell that by now. <laughs> and so I have this policy that if I'm still alive but need care, mm-hmm. then what kicks in is my long-term care writer. Mm-hmm. And in my case, it pays $3,000 a month to either a facility, or which I would prefer, for me to be cared for at home. So I have a nurse daughter. And so my ideal is that I would pay her that $3,000 to come into my home so that I don't have to be in a facility mm-hmm. and take care of me at home. Mm. Now, if I disinherit her, then I can you know, <laughs> get Denzel, like, pay him the $3,000 and have him take care of me at home. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a really good option to add to a life insurance mm-hmm. policy, that mm-hmm. long-term care piece, because... I've been the caregiver, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's yep. pretty important that we have those monies because that can bankrupt yeah. both the entire family just in terms of what that care costs. Very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Very quickly. We were just, just dealing with that ourselves. So. Yeah, no, I was hearing that, um, and I don't know if this is a universal thing, but I was hearing a lot of times with um, so those like nursing facilities. Mm-hmm what they end up doing is taking all your assets first to pay for oh, it. for Medicaid. And then, yeah. yeah, so it's like people will, I don't I don't even know if there's a way around that, but mm-hmm. people will basically, the house that you worked for all this time. Mm-hmm. Now yeah, for it. a certain type of insurance, I, I believe it's Medicaid. In order to get that, you have to mm-hmm. be depleted of your assets. Yeah. But, and that's why the long-term care mm-hmm. policies are very important. And to those, to those policies, do they have... Um, terms on them as well like you said three thousand dollars a month but does it have a term like five years or four years or you you pick the term okay most people who go into facilities like that tend to live three years okay so you can pick the, a term of a year or three mm-hmm. years or five years or seven years you know depending on how long you want to go and of course the price increases based right. on kind of yeah. the, the terms that you choose mm-hmm. but i mean it's certainly important for sure and to your point about bleeding down your assets mm-hmm. that really is so that you can get assistance right yeah absolutely yeah yeah now that part because you know some people would take that gamble like i'm gonna get that money back is that yes, yeah i have never heard <laughs> of that, that policy tend, that's pretty cool. no me either so i'm like does that in terms of comparable cost does that tend to be more expensive mm-hmm. uh, right. type of rates or does that tend to kind of coincide with maybe like a term policy it is it, it is between a whole and a term life policy okay it is more expensive mm-hmm. because you know we're, you we're, get money we're, right, right. We're <laughs> the dice, right? right so we're likely to give you your money back plus interest mm. but it's almost and i share this with people it's almost a forced savings account mm-hmm. right so you know you need the coverage right and so what I've encouraged, we just had two about a month ago now where they're at their 30 years and we're frankly giving them $200,000 back. Mm. But one person 65, the other person 68. And so they're like, well, you know, but now we won't have life, inc- life insurance coverage. And mm. I said, why don't we do this? Why don't we take $200,000 or a portion of that, right? Mm-hmm. And roll it into a single pay, fully paid up life insurance policy, right? So we had a term policy that was less expensive than a whole policy. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you $200,000 plus interest back because that's what you've earned in the policy. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to give me all of that to get some life insurance coverage, which he didn't because he wants to buy a Porsche. Uh. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's your business. That's your business, that's your business. your 60s. So, yeah, no judgment here so you take a hundred take eighty thousand which is what he's going to take and we took 120 and bought a fully paid up policy Mm. so if something happens to him tomorrow his wife will get a hundred and twenty thousand dollars nice and he has his car right and he drove away in that porsche Porsche. (laughs) everyone everyone's happy right (laughs) she's not super happy because she wanted to put the whole amount in but Hey, he has worked hard. Let him have his Porsche. Right. <laughs> and so I say, you know, that's the important uh, yeah. importance of it. And I say to people that we do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Whether you buy it from us or not, mm-hmm. we pride ourselves on being a trusted resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people bring their policies to me and say, hey, would you mm. look at this and tell me if it's a junk? And if it's junk, I'll say it looks like junk. Mm-hmm. But if it's a great policy for you, I'll say keep it. Because yeah. it's not in my best interest to tell you to buy something for me when you've already got something right. great. You know, right, stick my right, reputation right. on that. And so right. we're happy to review policies for people whether they buy something from us or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we want to wrap this up. This has been amazing. Some, like, really, really great information right. on different policies we never even heard I of. Know. Um, and I know you in the community, and you are a wonderful, wonderful educator um, when it comes to this type of stuff. So can you tell our uh, D&D family where they can find you at? Sure. So um, I give people my personal number all the time. People say I shouldn't do that, but I think it's important. <laughs> so I'll start with our office number, which is my strong preference during the workday. Mm-hmm. It's 704-372-1088. 704-372-1088. Mm-hmm. My cell is 704-996-6476. Email works terrific for me, and so does mm-hmm. text. My email is Emma. E-M-M-A at Emma. Emma at Emma, the letter S like Sam, Allen, A-L-L-E-N dot com. Emma at Emma S Allen dot com. You can certainly go to our website, which is www.emmasallen.com. Stop by our office on Monroe Road at 4920 Monroe Road, Charlotte. Um, Happy to be of help to folks. Yes. We appreciate this. All of that information will definitely be in our show notes. You Mm -hmm. can find it on our website at Mm www.divasandducats.com. We'll have all that information there. And we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. And we will definitely be having you back for more information because it was... It's my pleasure. So we, need to get, yeah. we need to get on this because it's a yes. great wealth builder and a legacy yes, gift for our absolutely. community. It really we got to we got to do it for our community. Uh-huh. So thank yes. you. No more GoFundMe's. No GoFundMe's, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to get into our uh, diva letter and thank um, you, thank you Miss Emma. It's my pleasure. Take care, ladies. All right. You, you too. too. Bye. Bye. All right, it is time for our segment known as Dear Diva. If you have a question, it may be read on air. You can email us at divaadvice at gmail.com. That is D-I-V-A-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. Today's letter goes, Dear Divas, I've been dating two guys for a while now, and it's starting to get serious. All right, player. Yes. I feel I need to make a decision soon and cut ties with one of them so that no one gets hurt. The first man is smart, makes good money, is very fiscally responsible, and all the things that look good on paper. Mm -mm. Chivalrous, decent upbringing, etc. We get along well, and he's kind to me. The second is a good man and makes me feel special and loved, but has none of those things the first man has or much money. I know that part of being serious with someone and marriage eventually involves making financial decisions and being on one accord when it comes to building. So I want to make the best decision for my heart, but also be logical. After all, love doesn't pay the bills. What would you do? Love Anonymous. (laughs) Liz already left because she looking. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I don't see the problem. (laughs) Choice A. Choice A. We can make this very short. It's I no for real. Like I Diva. The heart wants what the heart wants, and currently the heart wants both. Um but between the two, like there was a there was several things you wrote. Right write out your list of positives and then write out your list of negatives. And if the positives outweigh the negatives, then you go with the positives. That's fair. There was nothing but two things <laughs> for choice B. I don't I don't understand. And considering Well guy one, she said we get along well and he's kind to me. I don't know how she feels about him. And guy two, it says she feels well, I don't I can't I'm gonna assume it's a she. We don't know if you're a diva or a diva. Okay. So he or she said. feels very loved. Loved. But he don't have no money. That is that love is going to wear out in a 15 year man you are going to get frustrated i'm not telling you love is not important because it is i would not advise you to marry someone you do not love just because they are fiscally responsible but i would certainly advise you not to marry someone that you love that is not fiscally responsible it just doesn't make it make sense um finances Mm -hmm. are the number one 
reason yeah. for divorce. People stop going into a marriage mm -hmm. with the number one reason for divorce looming yeah. over your marriage. There has to be some kind of plan. There has to be some kind of goals. There has to become some kind of action to let you know that where we starting ain't where we gonna be in five years. I hear that. And I'm not talking about just talk and wishes and dreams. I'm talking mm -hmm. about some actionable plans. You already have that with God one. And honestly, I believe that your like for him could grow into something more if you were not distracted by guy two, because it doesn't, honestly, it sounds like he's feeding a, a physical need, mm. really, that you're just not saying. Mm. That's what guy two is, is feeding for you. Uh -huh. um, so, again, I'm not, if you don't love guy A, then I, I would not suggest that you marry him. I would tell you to cut off the distraction for guy B, because you know eventually he's just going to be taking from you and that's going to get draining and that love is going to turn into disgust no, frankly don't live here Whew, it's gonna die so no. <laughs> lee i was just i'm just tickled because i know quick and immediately i ain't saying she a gold digger <laughs> she messing with no G broke. I'm a gold digger. No. I'm a G O A. Okay, you ain't got gold. No. Uh, yeah, gold without a plan is a wish. Mm. Um, I, so I would definitely do the list. I am a fan of because regardless of what you believe, I'm gonna just say you know the the word that I read. The heart is deceitful, mm. and so you gotta be very careful when you're making a primarily emotional decision mm -hmm. because feelings your feelings change from day to day I mean mm -hmm. just think about it you know sometimes you're in a mood sometimes you're not right. so you can't make a decision solely um, with your emotion right. however you can't make a solely logical decision so mm -hmm. no one is going to tell you to essentially get into like an arranged situation where I'm just going to be with this person because we can build it you know you want to like the person arranged marriages usually work okay, okay. so <laughs> I would I would definitely say, yeah, write out your list in terms of, because you're saying it's starting to get serious. So it's good that you're saying, okay, I don't want to just string both guys on and, you know, possibly someone get their feelings involved and feelings hurt. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, part of that feeling, if you are if you feel equal about both of them, you like both of them, you're enjoying both of their company and their time, is, yes, what are the pros to them? What are the cons? And even think about their habits. So mm -hmm. even outside of the money, because we are who we are generally generally and so if nothing changed about either of two of those two guys which one would make you happier because that guy, is a thing people yeah, yeah if nothing changed could you accept them as they currently mm -hmm. are now and i i say this as a former you know fixer because i <laughs> ooh, i kept a fixer upper so i will say without saying too much if you do choose guy two, you need to understand what his plans are because, yes, there are some who will just hold on for the ride and not really contribute, and that's going to get old to you. Um, and so, and then also don't enable. If there's a plan, watch mm -hmm. him work that plan. Yes. See what he does in terms of, you know, whatever goals that he has. Um, and, and be vigilant about that. If you don't see anything improving, you know, don't waste your time mm -hmm. if you do choose guy two. Um, guy one sounds great. You know, you said on paper. That's my but, guy. you know, I, hey, all I got <laughs> on this is we get along well and he's kind. I don't know if he, you know, you feel the things or not. So, you know, just balance those out again. If nothing changed to day how would I feel about either and yeah if you pick the second and building something economically is important to you you know what is God to saying you know what are his plans what are his goals um and and don't go chasing waterfalls yeah well so we hope it works out on that <laughs> good luck and again if you have uh questions for us it can possibly be read on an episode and that is diva advice at gmail.com diva advice all right advice to the wedding yes because she because she's got to know i guess you're gonna know by the wedding which one she picked. yeah you'll know who, <laughs> who paid the bill to you. I can't. Um, so my quick tip is going to be related to kind of what we talked about today. It will hit it on, on the head. Mm -hmm. GoFundMe mm. is not an insurance policy. 
there are so many things we can do to prepare. Mm-hmm. And like she said, if you don't have, you think you don't have the money to buy a higher premium, mm-hmm. at least get a term. At yeah. least get some kind of insurance to at least cover your burial. Mm-hmm. We recently had to go and do the things, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm all pro and my mother is too. It is yeah. a wonderful thing. And we did the things and without the cars and the flowers and all the bells and whistles, mm-hmm. it, $9,000. For a simple wedding. I mean, simple funeral. A simple funeral. Mm. It's so simple. <laughs> so I'm telling you, that is a hard thing to go fund me when you are trying to go through all the emotions mm-hmm. when you are talking to people family and friends and you need 500 here mm-hmm. 600 there for people that usually wouldn't even let you borrow 20 dollars. yeah it's a hard thing on top of having to deal with death to have to put yourself in a position to be a beggar mm. when you don't have to be mm-hmm. don't put your loved ones in that position yeah. don't put yourself in that position Mm -hmm. and you know because it's just like I said there are so many options out here to Mm -hmm. eat to just go talk go get over the fears Mm -hmm. of what's behind insurance policy what I can't afford what I can't do and just go sit in the office from my understanding I don't believe they're like attorneys where there's you know consultation fees to go talk to them Mm -mm. sit down and go talk and figure out what you can do instead of writing off yourself and saying you can't do anything yeah right yeah and like you said at the very base level a term if you're i know for if you're 35 and under outside certain health right. issues you could get 500 a million dollars mm-hmm. in coverage for 50 dollars or less a month right. you know you don't have to get a million if mm-hmm. you don't have you mm-hmm. know like she said certain assets and things but and that's just yeah. the way insurance policies work the older you get like she said at 57 her policy was very very different from the cost that cost at 20, you know? And mm-hmm. it's never too early because now I'm even looking into long-term care insurance because of other things that have recently, you know, been developing. But it's just never too early. And the earlier you do it, the mm-hmm. less you procrastinate. Yeah. The earlier you do it, the lower your premiums will be because mm-hmm. when you get older, things start, things fall apart, as the book says. So yeah, and yeah. I mean that ends up because no one wants to talk about I'm gonna die one day, right? But <laughs> it's inevitable. I, I mean, just yeah, I think and that anxiety yeah. you feel about you know thinking about your death or that those conversations mm-hmm. around your will. Think about how people that anxiety is nothing to how people are gonna feel to have to figure Absolutely. out as Miss Emma said, getting you out that freezer. Yes. On top of having to mourn. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just not it's not a fair thing to do. So no. um again I'll say GoFundMe is not a it's not an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Go get one. Yes. Yep. Amen. <laughs> All right, you all, that wraps this episode um, for today. We, again, thank you for being here. And we will be featured with the Harambe Collective on September 23rd. We'll be doing a webinar, Mm -hmm. and we'll have, like we said, her information there, but it'll be available on harambecollective.com, and we'll also have that information on our IG and our Facebook. Yes, and we would love for you guys to join into our webinar. Yes. So, in the meantime, in between time, make sure you follow us. We are Divas and Duckets on Facebook at Divas and Duckets on Instagram and check out our website www.divasandduckets.com Alright, until next time. Have a great attitude. Bye.